Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlay spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I know July 14th, guys, British Open. Uh, Roy McElroy, 9 to 1. Dustin Johnson, 28 to 1. How about Tiger, 40 to 1? I might throw some money on John Daly. You know, former champ, 1,000 to 1 odds. Why not? Go for the long shot. But, uh, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 223 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Hump day Wednesday. Probably a hungover Wednesday from the long weekend, still battling through. Hope everybody had a good July 1st and uh, Canada Day and Independence Day and the 4th. Um, yeah, guys. How's everybody doing? Thank you for tuning in. Um kind of a I guess kind of a kind of a, a somber uh, kind of episode today um, yeah it's a where does time go um, of course I am recording this at nine o'clock on July 5th um, but yeah today was uh, uh, the de- the anniversary of the death of Bob Probert um, yeah July 5th 2010. Man, it's hard to believe it's been uh, 12 years already. But uh, yes, uh, Bob Probert passed away at the age of 45. Um, man, that's such a... It's so, it seems so uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I sit here and, you know, and I'm looking just as I look around the room here. I got the, right beside me, I got the autographed Probert hockey card and over on the, on the wall there, I got the banner. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was just, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm two years older than he is, um, uh, or he was. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I just, just yeah, I just, I mean, I knew he was 45 and whatever, but I, I, I don't know. I, I sit here and I was just, you know, I was watching some of his videos today because, you know, lots of the tributes online and stuff like that. And I mean, I've seen every one of his fights 10 times over, but, um, you know, you just see, I just kind of watched some, a couple different YouTube, uh, clips and stuff. And, um, yeah, he just seemed, I, I don't know. It just seemed like he was so much old. He would have been so much older and just, I don't, I don't know. It's just, to think I'm actually older than him, um, is, you know, when he passed away, it's just, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm having a more to time go moment, but, um, yeah, it, um, yeah, so I think with today's episode, um, I mean, I have a few smaller things to kind of talk about at the, at the, at the top of the show here, but, uh, other than that, um, you know, really not going to say too, and it, the thing was, is, um, uh, well, once again, like I said, I, you know, I had the episode come out on Sunday and, uh, you know, just between, you know, work really and life, um, next thing I know it's Tuesday night and I have to record something. So I, I, as much as I would have liked to, Oh, you know, you know what guys, I came up with some, uh, some facts you didn't know about Bob Probert. You know, I, I did not have to be, I come honest. I didn't have the time to do that. And, um, and actually leading up until, really my drive home today after work and I was thinking oh man I gotta record what am I what am I gonna talk about I don't know um you know it was every once in a while like sometimes I just have like like I said I write stuff down in the truck I have my sticky note and I have like little bullet points and then I can just expand on that and and away we go or have a guest or whatever but um and I there was a few guys I thought about reaching out to and calling and then it was just like wow you know um you know, that's pretty short notice. I don't want, <coughs> pardon me. And I didn't want to do that to them. So, um, it was just kind of like, ah, I'll run with it. But I kind of wanted to put, um, at the same time, um, it's my remembering of Bob Probert and, uh, you know, um, you know, and I, and I figured, uh, you know, I, there's nothing, like I said, there's nothing really I, I could tell you that, that the listeners, as listeners, you guys, you you guys don't know already. But um, I just think I would. I'm going to tell you, um, you know, kind of my 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 uh, thoughts on on Probert, and then um, and I and I figured I would list off my five uh, not a, not his best fights or anything, but my five kind of favorite Probert fights, and uh, I'll kind of do that. And then at the end of the episode here, I have a little five-minute uh, clip uh, from my interview with Dean Mayrad. Um, oh, man, it was probably two, it was way back on my original platform. Um, I've had Dean on a couple times, but this was like our original interview. Um, it is actually episode uh, 12. Yeah, so again, 223, right? And it's episode 12, so you can... Uh, and that's kind of... Uh, that's on this new form. Uh, I called it uh, a vault episode and uh, where I would... Basically, on my old platform, fourthlinevoice.com, I did interview, and Dean was on that, that, uh, platform. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Who, that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, 
in episode 12, um, you know, we covered Dean's entire career and it's a great interview. And I really highly recommend that you go back and listen. And, uh, you know, he played in the, in the United League. And then of course the Quebec League, he has some good Quebec League stories. He was in the original fight enforcer tournament and won it, uh, in Prince George in 2005. Um, and he was also in the movie, The Love Guru. Oh yeah, that, that gem. But nonetheless, it was a bit, you know, big movie with Mike Myers, Justin Timberlake, and of course, Bob Probert was in it. And, uh, him and Bob, of course, the hockey player extras and whatever. And, uh, he got to spend the summer with Probert, uh, filming this movie. And, um, yeah, in the interview, obviously we, you know, we talk about the movie and Timberlake and Myers and all that. But in the course of the interview, there was about a five minute thing where he talks about, Probert and uh so I, I'm gonna add that um that that sound bite at the end of the at the end of this uh this show uh for you guys to check out. But I encourage you to, again to check out the entire interview with Dean because it's a great interview. And uh he was really prepared and really, you know, really thoughtful answers and and the the thing I, I really appreciate about Dean, of course he runs a the Titans boxing gym now in or he owns the Titan boxing gym in Cold Lake, Alberta. And, uh, so he has been a, you know, obviously a lifelong, not only fighter, but, and fight fan, but, uh, you know, he's into boxing and, and that type of thing. So, um, obviously the science of it. And, uh, I saw it firsthand with him and Daniel Amesbury breaking down the, the fights after Ice Wars in the bar in Edmonton. They were all, it wasn't like holding court in the middle of the bar. They were off in the corner, but, you know, you could see how passionate he was about it. And, um, that passion also comes through, um, in the interview that we do. And, uh, and I, and I, and I've always been, um, fascinated with the science of fighting, you know, and, and everybody approaches the fight fighting different. Um, and you know, in terms of hockey fights, obviously I'm talking about, um, some guys, um, uh, like the youngster here that I just had on a little while ago, Cade, uh, uh, McNally, um, you know, he was just more like, you know, swing for the fences and hit his face, you know, and, and, you know, whatever, obviously it works for him. And whereas other guys are really scientific and put a lot of thought into it. Dean was one of those guys and, um, you know, and, and he really broke down just the science of fighting and, and we go back and forth and any long-term listener to my show, when I have guys on, um, um, it is a question I usually ask them. Sometimes I don't, but you sometimes, if I can tell that they're kind of into, the science of it or, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll sort of ask them in terms of their approach to, do they like to square off or do they like to, you know, quick start or go at the guy or get them to come to you. And, you know, and, cause I always say with, when it's fighting, when it's a square off, um, you know, when everyone listening, you know what I'm talking about, but, um, there's that line in the sand where it's, who's going to, who's going to commit first. Right. And some guys want to be the, the guy doing the leaning. Other guys want to punch off the, Counterpunch, um, and and I always just find it fascinating the science of fighting. I'm just it that it fascinates me, and uh, and and Dean was one of those guys. Alex Penner was another recent example. Segroy, same thing. Um, I, I've had a bunch of guys that uh, you know I've talked to and, and get their uh, get their thoughts on it, and um, and and Dean was really good at um, explaining it and uh, articulating it, and. Uh, which does not surprise me that he has gone into boxing training. Um, so, uh, but anyway, very good interview with Dean Mayrad, and uh, and at the end, like I said at the end, I'll talk about the, I'll I'll play the little segment of him talking about his time with Bob. But um, 
yeah, other than that, guys, uh, yeah, I always, I always say this is not going to be a very long episode. Then it's like an hour. So I'm not going to say that this time, but we'll see. Um, but I do not plan on going very, uh, in my mind, I'm planning on not going very long tonight. But, uh, you know, again, we'll see. Um, but like, I, I guess I gotta, you know, we gotta, we gotta turn the, we gotta keep the lights on here. So I should probably talk about the sponsors. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. Um, for my off network for, well, okay, folks. Uh, well, huh. He's back. It's the shortest retirement since Brett Favre. Uh, Lazito, you know, rises up out of nowhere. Yeah, comes out with an episode. The, the, the 10 best fights of Eric Karens. Yeah, a shot off the bow. I knew he wasn't going to stay away. He keeps saying that, oh, I, already, I did the research before I quit. And I didn't want to just waste the research. And Lazito missed it. Yeah, he, he just wanted to get, he just wanted to get back out there, let everybody know. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he's like Kiss. It's a re, this is the first reunion tour you watch the next. There'll be more reunion tours coming around. Oh, wow. him and Ewan will show up again. Yeah. Like the original Kiss members. Yeah. I, I think Joe should start wearing, you know, put on the Kiss makeup and do, uh, you could do the Fisherman logo in the middle of his forehead. You could start doing a YouTube video channel or something. Yeah. The Return of Lazito. Yeah. There we go. The, the sequel, the sequel no one asked for. <laughs> Lazito part two. Oh, yes. No, but, uh, Joe has come back and, uh, I, I, I joke, I joke. And, uh, you know, with his retirement and everything else. But I do understand what he's talking about. Like, you did the research and everything. So, um, so I, hey, I, I was just pumped to see all of a sudden open up Spotify and all of a sudden there's a blue dot beside Coliseum Chronicles. I'm like, what is this? And it sure as shit. I'm like, what? A new episode. But, uh, yeah, um, I have just started listening to it in the truck. I will finish it tomorrow. Uh, but yes, like I said, it's the top 10 Eric Karen's Islander fights and, uh, and, and Joe's breaking them down. And I always enjoy, like I said, I always enjoyed Joe's shows. So, um, I was, I was happy to see him come back and, uh, at least for one more shot anyway. He's doing the encore. Yeah. He's he, like he said, the crowd's still cheering. He had to come out and do one more song. So yeah, but uh, check it out, Coliseum Chronicles. Give it a Lazino. There we go. I haven't done that for a while. Um, also, Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Yeah, him and Puddles the dog. There, I don't know. He he might come out with something. Who knows? A spotty at you know, much like his uh, his crate training of his dog. It's spotty at best. His <laughs> yeah, out there in North Carolina, and he's house hunting right now, so he's a busy dude and a fresh, frustrating in that sense. And and believe me, I know all about the real estate frustration. So, uh, but um, he does have a tremendous back catalog. As much as it pains me to say that at times, but by Lois Rob Ray, uh, Jason Rushton, on and on, he has uh, done a great job. Um, he has actually sort of cornered the East Coast Hockey League uh, uh, this season. He's had a number of guys on. Uh, Chris Ortobody, uh Nico Blatchman a couple times, um, Anthony Collins. Because um, uh, Alec started the season in Florida. They've moved to North Carolina since, but uh, uh, he started the year in Florida and was a season ticket holder to the Everblades games. And, uh, you know, he's always out there tailgate and everything else. And I think it was 
one of those like half season ticket packages or whatever, but he really kind of got into it. And, um, yeah, well, and then the East Coast, they like, got off to a hot start. I mean, they had tons of, tons of fights and air t- tons of cool, you know, for 2022, it was tons of fights. Um, but no, some really tough dudes and, and, uh, he had decided to buy the East Coast Hockey League package and he created a YouTube channel or he already had a YouTube channel, but he added a whole bunch of the, all of the East Coast League fights for the most part from this past season. Um, so definitely go on YouTube, five for fighting, uh, subscribe to his channel. Um, the subscription, like I said, well, check out his channel, but, um, subscribing to it is, uh, like I said, it's not, you know, just hit the little, bell thing there or the little subscription button like i said it might not be a big deal to you get to you but to us creators it is uh, is very helpful believe me and uh while you're there fourth line voice on youtube as well i have over 2500 fight videos from all the leagues everything's sorted so whatever league you're looking for or player you're looking for just type it in the little search thing boom up they'll come so and again hit the subscribe button it would definitely help alec and myself out with that and, uh, but yes, check it out. Five for fighting Paul uh, and Coliseum Chronicle podcast. But, uh, yeah, guys. Um, and I'll throw this out now if you're on social media, I don't know why you would do that to yourself, but here we are. If you are uh fourth line voice on Twitter, as well as on Facebook. Um, yeah, I'm pretty much going to stay opinion free apparently. Cause, uh, I don't want my notifications filled with morons. So, uh, yeah, I just basically put up pictures and videos and, uh, and that type of thing. So yeah, give me a follow. I, I put up some cool pictures. So yeah, check, de- definitely check it out. Um, uh, yeah, guys. Uh, well, oh, and just for confirmation, I had talked about Ice Wars 2, which is happening again at the River Creek Casino in Edmonton on August 6th. It will be on Fight TV pay-per-view at $20. Um, Daniel Amesbury is coming back to defend the crown. I'm not quite sure what kind of tournament they're doing. I know they're really set on doing kind of weight classes this time around. So I don't know what they're going to do. If it's just going to be a bunch of single fights or if they're going to do another tournament, I'm not sure. But I know a number of the guys from the first uh, event are back in it, the second one. Um, and I, I wasn't sure because he actually uh, just had had a boxing match last Saturday. Uh, Curtis, the Cowboy Swanson, uh, picked up a split decision victory in his first amateur boxing bout. And I sent him a text today. I said, well, you know, I asked him how he was doing after his box, after a week after his boxing. And uh, if he was going in Ice Wars 2, and he did confirm he is in Ice Wars 2. So the Cowboy is back. And uh, he, uh, you know... Uh, I don't know who he's fighting or anything like that, but he is in it. He's back. Um, yeah. So there we go. The cowboy rides again. So, uh, cause I had said last, last episode there on Sunday, I wasn't sure I hadn't talked to him yet. So I wanted to confirm it and I got the confirmation today from him. Um, also guys, um, another, well, this is, this is big news actually. And I'm, I'm hoping to, I will get a hold of him. Hopefully I can get him on Sunday's show. Um, Steve from whenprobertwasking.com. I've had him on a number of times. You see him bouncing around the internet. Um, yeah, this is big guys. Uh, last year, Steve started up, um, a, a, basically a GoFundMe, um, f- to, uh, relaunch the Drop Your Gloves website that unfortunately went away a few years ago and often, uh, lamented the fact that I miss it as well as many people online have bitched that it's gone and upset that it's gone. And Steve took it upon himself to re- fundraise 
and uh, he got a hold of the programmer, and him and a programmer named computer programmer named Brian have sat down and uh, created it, and uh, and it is called the Fight Chronicles, is what it's going to be called. And if you want to check it out, fightchronicles.com. It is up right now. Um, of course, it's in the it's in the beginning stages. So before anybody clicks on it, and then afterwards, it's not as good, you know. Well, yeah, okay. Again, drop your gloves. Started off as this as well. It was your the final days of the last time you're on. Drop your gloves. It didn't look like that when it first was launched. Many many people helped create that site and build that site up to what it was with the information and everything that was on it. And uh, and that is what Steve is doing right now. He is asking for people, if you have fight cards or want to help in any way, if you're a computer guy or you can help, if you want to go on the website, that's what he's asking. If you can go on the website right now, because he has, he has a few more weeks, because Steve's not a computer guy, but he has the Brian there. I mean, obviously this guy has to go on and do other things in his life in terms of his job. So he can't, this is, this is his sole project, but he has about three weeks left with him. And Steve would like people to go on the website, just check it out. Like I said, it's like, it's like take it for a test drive and, uh, it's, in, and, and just see if what, cause there obviously there's going to be bugs and things that he may have missed. Um, and if you see something or you think, oh, this would be cool if it had this, um, mention it to Steve. Um, if you want to do that or you want, or if you have some fight cards that you, maybe you contributed back in the day to drop your gloves. Well, it would be great if you could contribute to this site and add whatever you did to drop your gloves. If you could add it to this new, to this new site, it'd be tremendous. This is a site I can tell you now from personal experience with Steve. Steve is a fight fan. Um, this site is built for fight fans by a fight fan. Um, the amount of time that Steve has put into this is unbelievable. Um, not only his own money, um, you know, I mean, I, you know, everyone, we tried to raise money. A lot of us, you know, we donated money, you know, you know, um, we tried to do the best we could, but again, this was all Steve. We all sat and every one of, oh, I wish it was still around. You know, we all wished and wished and wished, but no one did anything. Steve was the only one that actually, you know, he's like, you know what, fuck this and picked up the torch and, and, and went forward. And, um, he is creating, um, you know, and it's a, a place again where you can go, uh, look at fight cards. It'll, and again, it's, it's, it's in the beginning stages. So it's going to be rough at the start. There's not going to be a lot of information on there. I mean, it needs to get, it just doesn't just fall out of the sky. It needs to be in, in inputted. And, uh, for those that can do that sort of thing or did it in the past, if you could get a hold of Steve and help out, that would be tremendous. Um, and as the time, as once it launches, as time goes on and it gets built up and built up and built up, at some point it will be what it was and more. Because as I said, this is done by a fight fan for fight fans for the only reason other than to preserve fight history. That's it. That's This is, I mean, I'm not trying to be dramatic or whatever, but this is Steve's legacy as a fight fan that he's leaving, that he, that he created this and it's going to be here. It's on the internet and he's not going anyway. He's not going to just shut it down and disappear into the night. Like the last guy. 
Uh, no, he, the, he is, he's here for the long haul and yeah. And as fight fans, everyone listening, we owe Steve a massive debt of gratitude. And I think if we could all pitch in, like I said, more hands make less work, right? So I, I think whatever expertise that you may have or knowledge or information that you could share, please get a hold of Steve and we'll put it on the site for the world to enjoy. And that's what it's all about. Again, fightchronicles.com. Um, if you get a hold of Steve, he will give you an administrator password so you can go in and, like I said, test drive it. Like you'll talk to him, just talk to Steve. If, if, if you know who I'm talking about, if you're on Twitter, it's when Probert was king.com is his Twitter handle. Um, he's in the fight groups. Um, he has made posts in the fight groups. Just go to the enforcer group or hockey fights and brawls. You'll see the post. It's got a picture of Malvi and Delorme fighting in it. Fight Chronicles. Um, if you're like, I'm not on social media. Who are we talking about? Who? And you don't send email me. I will put you in touch with them. Hockey fights at hotmail.com. Just send me an email. I will get you in touch with Steve. Um, yeah, guys, this is it. I know a bunch of you donated. I had people ask me what's going on with it. Well, here you are. It is coming out. It wasn't some big scam or anything like that. No, it's out. I've seen it. I've been on the site. I bounced around it. It's out there. It looks great. Um, again, it's, you know, like I said, it's a new, it's a, it's, it's like I always say, it's a puppy with big paws. It's got great possibilities, but right now it's in the beginning stages. And uh, there's a lot of guys that have some old fight cards that have been willing, that are willing to contribute and add to the site. And, uh, so it's going to be, you know, like I said, baby steps. It'll be clunky at first, but, uh, I think as we go forward and more people get involved and realize it's back online and help out and pitch it, pitch in, it'll be, uh, because I, I mean, seriously, what do we got, guys? If we're fight fans, this is like Mecca, man. Like it's it's gonna be. Because I mean, hockeyfights.com sucks. It's gone. The message boards are gone. All it is is just a bunch of videos that they take it from other people's YouTube channels. You know, and those guys are clowns anyway. So it's like that, and then and then what? That's it. There's no message boards anymore. This is gonna have a message board. It's gonna have like fight cards, adding video to it. It's just gonna be like the old one. Again, not from the start, but that's what the goal is. But to also be bigger and better. And at this point, right now, this is the time where, hey, I liked it on the old site when you could do this, but you know what would have been better? Well, this is your chance to tell Steve that, and he can tell Brian that, and the two of them can, going forward, you know, they can do that to the site. So it could be how you wanted it. So... Like I said, get a hold of Steve. And if, you, if you're if you not on social media, you don't know how, get a hold of me. As I said, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Just send me an email. I will put you in touch with Steve. And, uh, yeah, so any help would be outstanding. Because this is it, guys. You want to drop your gloves to come back? It's coming back. It's called the Fight Chronicles. Fightchronicles.com. And uh, here we go. It's going to be a new chapter in, in hockey fight, fight sites. And uh, it's going to be the best site. And, uh, you know, and it's, like I said, it's going to be a fight site for fight fans built by fight fans. And there you go. So for those, I've had a bunch of people ask me, there's, there's your update. It is weeks away from being officially launched, but right now it is in test mode. And if you want to take part, there you go. Get a hold of me or get a hold of Steve and take it for a test drive. And, uh, 
add your two cents. Like I said, throw your opinion out because maybe Steve hadn't even thought of it. Oh, you, know, you know what would be cool if you did this or drop this down and you could add that to the menu and be like, holy shit, I didn't even think of that. So like I said, here's your opportunity. So get a hold of me or Steve. Steve or I. But um, yes. Um, yeah, other than that. Um, okay. As I said with the, with the Bob Probert uh, passing. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, you always have people talk about Oh, the Probert's the goat. Oh, he's the best. You know, and then, I, and just recently, a couple of weeks ago, did an episode, uh, Probert or Brown. Cause there's always been that debate, 1A, 1B. Some people have Brown ahead of Probert. Um, you know, and it, it's always a fun debate. Again, it's, you know, how do you really, you know, there, there's an, like I said, there's a number of ways to look at that argument, which we cover in the episode. And, uh, it was a fun episode to do. Um, I've always said from my standpoint, um, when doing my own personal top 10 of all time, um, I do have probate at number one. Um, again, willing to listen to other people and if take, pro, or, you know, Brown or, you know, some people say Bugart or LaRock or whatever. That's cool. Like I said, everyone has their own opinions, um, on why and, and that type of thing. For me and myself, it's probate. Um, yeah, I've, I've always said the first fight tape I ever had was, the Bruce Brothers tape with him and uh, Joe Koser. Um, just think back. I mean, probably the most, um, again, you know, probably the most devastating duo of all time. Um, you know, there again, the argument could be made with, you know, Ruby or Brown or O'Reilly and Jonathan or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everyone has their thing. McSorley, Semenko, that type of thing. But, uh, you know, um, but the Bruce Brothers were certainly fearsome without a doubt. And, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, just watching those old fights. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm sure everyone listening, um, you know, has has seen all those fights a thousand times, and you could probably, I, I know with some of them, it's funny. Um, I, I, I just, I can sit here and close my eyes now, and I can see the fight in my head, and I can hear the announcer, and and I'll, I can remember the fight when Joe Lewis down in the corner with McGill. And, uh, you know, and the, and the announcer's talking and, uh, you know, Harry Neal and, oh, Probert, and they tying him up and oh, Probert can even punch you with his, you know, fist in his sleeve and, and that type of thing. And, um, and you can just remember some of the calls. And of course, uh, you know, Dickie Redman there with, uh, with some of his amazing calls at the Red Wings with, you know, when he squares off with Cochran and you want to talk about a square off that meant something? Um, you know, just stuff like that. And, and of course, the one thing that was always really cool about Probert, um, you know, for the most part, not every time, but for the most part, he always, uh, if he lost, he got his revenge. And there was always the build-up to it, right? Because when Probert lost, um, you know, you know, especially in the late 80s or 90s, you know, with Domi and Crowder and all that, it was a big deal. Todd Ewan, um, Todd Ewan himself in the interview, uh, it's on my YouTube channel, actually. Um, he, he, he flat out says his dropping Probert made his career, gave him an NHL career, uh, when he one punch Probert when he was a rookie with the Blues. And, uh, of course, Probert comes back later in that game and, and, uh, you know, gets his revenge in the fight. And, uh, you know, and that's a vicious fight too. But it was, that was always what, watching the old tapes, um, you know, back then when you put your, I mean, now you have the information, you can see everything. And like I said, revisionist history and all that type of thing. But, um, at the time it was, you know, you're watching it in that moment. Um, 
he, he, I don't know. It was always like he was the Terminator, man. He'd always just, you'd have him down and you'd think you, you were safe and you, you beat him and all of a sudden up he comes, right? The hand comes up, you know, or it's like Jason, his hand comes out of the water, right? And up he comes and, you know, and stuff like that. It was, and it was always just like, I don't, he was just, and he was just so badass and just, I don't know. And, it, and that was the, and that was the other thing. And I, I was, I was talking to a friend about Probert uh, a while ago and, and he was just saying the, the one thing he always liked about Probert's fights is he goes, you, know, you ever notice his fights were just always good though. I'm like, what do you mean? And he goes, ah, you know, he goes like twist or someone like that or LaRock. And he goes like, they were really tough guys and obviously hit probably and probably i mean obviously i didn't fight any of these guys so this is just speculation but from all accounts um like tw- i would think people listening would would agree that twist and low rock would probably hit harder than probert did um but he goes like their fights were just like like with twist they were like wild swinging guys are ducking he's hitting shoulder pad inside of the head and whatever and sometimes he had big knockouts or you know and rob ray breaking his face but but, but he like swinging around like he was more of a manhandling fighter and that was his style like i said styles make fights the rock you know he had the left hand but real powerful but he in close fighter and uh but he was i've always said with george he was like i always said he was too nice you know so once you get down or if he had you in a spot he wouldn't hit you you know whatever but prober his fights were always like they were just they were always good and they were long and Again, not absolute, not every fight. Don't take me, you know, literal, but I'm like, but you just think back, like he had the great long fights with Domi and the, the Crowder fights weren't long, but they were memorable. Uh, the McSorley marathon. I mean, you know, just on, you just go, just go through his fight card. It was like, yeah, he just had these, um, if they weren't, uh, long, they were like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, statement fights you know like his fight with Cochran wasn't long but it was a statement his fight with McGill wasn't long, it was a statement it was just like you know what I mean it was just um well even the fights with Crowder were, weren't long but the, the rematch well none of them were actually but the rematch fight was long but it was like he was fighting mean he's fighting with a purpose like when he fought like you looked at his fights and it, you know for the for the good portion of his career and he did it for so long, but for the good portion of his career, he meant it. Like you watch those fights and it's like, you know, this motherfucker means this shit and he's mad and he's, and he's into it, you know, and just like fighting to win. There's that famous, and I've, I've and, I, and I know I've quoted this before and, um, cited this example before. And it, again, it goes back to my YouTube channel, but like the twist interview, actually the Probert, that is still my most, speaking of, it's like, that is my most watched clip on my YouTube channel with over almost a million views, is the Probert talking about his experience as an enforcer from the Nyland documentary. Um, not I, I always say Ice Guardians, it's not Ice Guardians. Um, the Last Gladiator, in the DVD, the extras, they had um, McSorley, Twist, Brashear, and Probert, and I have all the extras up on my YouTube channel. Um, but in those clips, twist talks about, are you fighting to win? Or are you fighting not to lose? And they said, there's a big difference there. And there is, and you can watch guys fight and you can, 
I've often said, like, and I don't want to harp on today's guys or whatever, you know, whatever, because that's not what this show is about right now, but this episode. But I've, I've said a couple times, like, like, say with Reeves and McDermott, are they fighting not to win? Are they fighting to win or are they fighting not to lose? It's like safety fighting. They're fighting not to lose because they got reps and whatever. Not to say they're not tough guys because they are. That's just how I see it. But when you watch the Probert fight, he was fighting to win. For the most part. There was a few times later in his career and stuff when he was going through stuff and whatever. Like the Tamer fight and all that stuff. And he had that one year where he just looked like he'd just sort of stand there and take it. I know he was hurt and whatever in his shoulder or whatever. But you know what I mean? So that not talking about, again, we're not talking it's absolute every time. But in his early years and in his prime, you know, the Detroit, early Chicago years, um, he, when he would fight, it was, he was fighting to win. And he might take a couple to get warmed up, get into it. He's slow starter sometimes, but he was he would he would turn it up mid fight, right? And um, and I know the whole oh, if his jersey didn't come off, he wouldn't have won half as you know, yeah. Well, again, I've I was brought up there was no rule against it at the time, so whatever. Um, and. Well, there's another project I should, if I ever get friggin' time, I would like to, I have all the DVDs here. Thank you, Dave. I hope you're listening out there. I miss you. Um, he, uh, I have all of Probert's fights and I want to watch, it's, it's like eight discs or something. <clears throat> um, at, well, all the fights that are available on video, I should put it that way. Um, that I was somebody asked me one time about videotapes, Holy Grail. That would probably be what I am. I have a bunch of Holy Grails, but that would be one of them. Would be Probert Junior footage. I would love to see Sue Saint Marie and Hamilton and Brantford YouTube stuff or YouTube Probert fight Junior OHL fight clips. Spit it out, yeah. OHL fight clips. There are some, but I, what are there like four or five? Um, yeah, I would like to see. I would love to see Probert Junior fights. Um, now, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. I would like to go through Probert's fights there um, and just really critique each fight of his career. Um, I think that would be that would be an interesting uh, process. Um, because as Steve brought up, well, when Probert was king, there you go. Would bet, see, now if I had been thinking of this ahead of time, man, I could have had him on and we could have talked about the website and then this whole Probert thing, because there is nobody better to talk to about that as well, because um, he's far better articulating this than I am. But um, um, he has mentioned. I remember him and I have talked about this. The whole Probert jersey thing. I don't. It's complete. It's really overblown. It, early in his career, he didn't lose his jersey that much, um, and I think he kind of learned his lesson in the Crowder fight. I believe that's what. I might be screwing up my time. I mean, it came off before that, but I think. The, the Crowder fight, it got hooked, he got hooked in it. And, you know, and I think he learned from that. And, um, anyway, I know people make a big deal out of the jersey thing, but at the same time, there were lots of guys doing jersey. They might not have had their jersey coming off, but there was other modifications going on, whether it be rip away sleeves or goalie cuts or, um, you know, like if they're putting substance on your jersey so it's slick groove in your helmet. There was lots of dirty tactics going on. So to yell Probert losing his jersey was the only reason he was good. You sound like an idiot. So, but anyway, I digress. Um, 
but yeah, I just, you know, you watch his stuff and it was like, yeah, he was just a shark, man. And, you know, and, and not afraid to get dirty. Um, you know, and, and again, I know some of the Probert fanboys out there can be a bit much without a doubt. Um, that Probert fan group, as, as they put, some people put up some great pictures in that group and I like seeing that stuff, but a lot of the members are beyond annoying. And, uh, you know, they think Probert walks on water and all this. And, and I, and I, it's funny. I, who was I talking to about? It might have been Chris. Um, but, uh, and for lack, it's almost like you read it and you get so irritated with them. You almost find weight, like you're finding things to like shit on Probert for just to like straighten this person out, which isn't, it's not Probert's fault that these people are fanboy idiots, you know? So, um, but I get what he meant. Uh, and I, yeah, I was like, yeah, I know. Um, but, uh, um, he certainly had his faults and he didn't walk on water and, you know, he did take some losses and, and he was dirty and, and, and which is fine. I mean, he is what winning fights, man. And I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but I always get this like, oh, he was classy and whatever. It's like, if you like not watched any of his, like, I can clearly tell you haven't watched early Probert. When early Probert came up, he was wild, man. And, uh, Jim actually talks about it, um, in my episode 200 when I had numerous guests on. Um, Jim was, uh, in Adirondack when, when Probert was playing back then. And he talks about Probert being a young Probert being crazy playing for the, and, uh, cross-checking the goalies and, you know, fight in his fights and stuff. And yeah. And, um, See, there's another guy I should have had, I could have had Jim on. We could have talked more about, well, it's not like, oh, well, I can't now. I mean, yeah, I will definitely get Jim back on and, 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 and go a little deeper into the pro, uh, AHL days. As well as I'd like to have Nick on. He actually knew Probert, uh, in Ontario and early years in Detroit. Um, and, uh, I'd like to, he has some, I've, he's told me some stories off air, um, about, and, you know, I won't share them now because I don't know if he wants them, you know, whatever. I'll let him come on and share those. Um, but no, they were, they were cool to hear. And, um, yeah, so I think in the future here going forward, like I said, I'd, I'd like to have people on that either, that know them and, and that type of thing and, and, and share some stories with us. Um, like I said, like Dean does here at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, it, um, yeah, like I said with Probert, it was just, uh, yeah, he was just, his fights were good and it just, but yeah, but I, or, uh, yeah, he was dirty. Um, he, yeah, early in his career, he was, well, even late in his career, he was, he wasn't above hair pulling or head button or knee lifting or, you know, or hitting a goalie. I mean, whatever. It, it's a, like I said, it's a fight and you're making a statement. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying it to disparage him. I, I don't have, I never have a problem with it. Um, I laugh now, like I always laugh now, like when the, Oh, Reeves is mean. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I like Reeves and those guys. I'm not knocking these guys, but I, I, I find it amusing when, when the younger generation thinks these people are mean. They have no idea. Um, but I also think a lot of the so-called Probert fans don't realize how mean he was either. Um, you know, um, and, he was, and 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 then, like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I I think sometimes he gets sort of propped up like he's the when I know, like I said, these some of these folks love to yell about the code and all oh, the respect back in the day and and all this, and it's like, oh yeah, you think Probert bought into any code? It's like, come on, you know, like no, 
But, um, no, I'm not saying every one of his fights he was, you know, whatever. He wasn't, but, um, he certainly wasn't above the odd cheap shot without a doubt. But, uh, what, well, which to me, I mean, that, that endeared him even more to me, to be completely honest. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, of course, then he had his book come out. No, that, that was, I mean, you talk about honest. That was, it was honest and, uh, you know, warts and all. And, uh, which I, which I think is, um, I've, I've seen some people talk about it and they're, they were sort of like, uh, oh, that was kind of depressing or whatever. That's not what I expected or whatever. Well, I mean, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's like, um, you know, I, I can appreciate the fact that he did that and he didn't hold back. And, and like I said, he exposed, um, he, 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 uh, showed his weaknesses and, uh, and, and talked about them. And like I said, uh, for lack of a better, you know, he didn't church the book up, right? It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't all, uh, rainbows and lollipops. It certainly wasn't. And he had his struggles and he was honest about them. And I mean, uh, as far as an honest memoir, I, I don't think you can, it, it, you know, yeah, it's dirty and, and, and everything else. And, uh, but life can be dirty and he shared it and exposed it. And, you know, exp- everyone has skeletons in their closets. Well, he, he opened the closet and brought the skeletons out. So I think he, that should be appreciated. Um, like I said, it's not always a fun read and kind of, there's a few times you're like, that's a little tough, uh, but to read, but, uh, at the same time, you have to appreciate the honesty. So no, I enjoyed his book as well. I mean, you know, <laughs> That's like Bram Meyer's book when I said, you know, you know, they're talking about addiction. That's oh, a real good, good page turner. It's like, well, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, for as tough as it is to read in parts, you appreciate the honesty and, um, it is a good read in that sense. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, yeah, again, I'm just talking here, guys. Like I said, it's, uh, as a fan and, um, you know, like I said, I'm not revealing anything earth shattering that no one knows, but I'm just sharing my thoughts on the man. But, uh, yeah, like I said, he was always one of my favorite, favorite enforcer, if not favorite, you know, whatever. Um, top three favorites. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, there'll never be another like him, that's for sure. Um, you know, solid player, um, you know, for most of his career. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess the argument could be made, you know, towards the end, you know, maybe hung on a little too long. And, um, you know, he was sort of... Definitely took some losses towards the end of his career, but, uh, you know, like, like everyone, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, did it a long time, almost, you know, 900 games and, uh, 900 games and to fight like the in and out, you know, off and on and, um, to fight that much and to, yeah, unreal stamp, like career longevity and yeah, got, he was, he was awesome. What a machine. But, um. Yeah, I said I was going to do my, my, my top five fights. Yeah, and like I said, this isn't like, oh, his, these are his five best fights or anything like that. No, these are just the five fights that, um, I don't know, I, I, I don't know for, I, not that they meant the most to me or anything like that, but just the ones that I find, um, the most interesting or, or kind of whatever for lack of kind of the five that meant the most maybe to me. That's not even, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I'm just, um, and I stayed away from like the, the, all the Domi series or the Crowder series. That's so stand, standard fare that people would say. Um, 
again, well, some of them are, you know, but I have a couple here that, uh, you know, people might not have thought of, but to me, there was just, and like I said, he, there's so many I could have, like, that I didn't pick that I could have, like the Cochran fight or, or, or the Maguire or the Barrasso, you know, the Barrasso thing where he goes after Maguire for going after Eiserman. Actually, he had a number of run-ins with Maguire. They had a really good fight behind the net they, and it's like toe to toe. It's a good tilt. Look up, uh, Maguire, uh, when he was at Toronto, uh, just hate Probert Maguire. It's on YouTube, but like, I think it's round one. Um, this is before the whole Barrasso thing in Buffalo, but, yeah, they go like toe to toe. It's solid tilt. Um, yeah, that one, his battles with Bob McGill and those were good. Like I said, there's so many great Probert fights, but I just kind of, the five that sort of like stick out for me for different reasons. Um, and they're not, no, this is number one and you know, whatever for lack of, they're not in any order, but, uh, I mean, I think the first one that I have to talk about is the first one. Um, I know it's cliche, but really, um, his very first, his NHL debut, his very first fight in the NHL was, uh, against Craig Cox, uh, November 11th, 1985 in Vancouver. Of course, everybody knows the famous Probert Cox fight that was on the Don Cherry video in Detroit. And that's a great fight too. But the fight they had before that, uh, Probert's debut in Vancouver, I felt was the better fight of the two. They're both good fights, but this one is like, just, it's long and it's, it's, they're given and taken and Probert's like got a windmill in the punch and taking a few and landing a few. And, um, it's just a really great fight. Again, I'm sure everyone listening has seen that fight a thousand times. If you have not, again, these are on YouTube, but yeah, that was his NHL debut, November 11th, 1985 against Craig Cox in Vancouver. Great fight. And Cox is, I love Craig Cox too. Just, no, there's no defense. They're just swinging. And, uh, yeah. What a debut. Um, the next one, um, it, it's probably, uh, probably the, I mean, we talked about it in the episode, uh, you know, a few weeks back, but probably the Brown fight, uh, in Joe Lewis, uh, when Brown was with Edmonton and, uh, they had fought before, but it was a nothing fight. But this was sort of like, again, 1A, 1B, who's the toughest guy in the league? And it was always Brown or Probert that, you know, at the time, and this was like the signature fight between the two kingpins, and and uh, you know Brown tries to get their quick jump, and and they're going pretty good, but then you know Probert catches them at the end, and you know Brown goes down to a knee and whatever. I mean, it's not like he was knocked out or anything, but you know he, he Brown Probert definitely takes the win, and um, it was just a real statement fight, and uh, I can remember watching that. Um, because again, that was, uh, January 9th, 1991. And I can remember watching that fight on our local news. Um, you know, the 11 o'clock news, global sports would come on and you'd watch it. And, uh, you know, again, no, no center ice package or there was no internet or anything like that back then. But this, you know, um, <laughs> do they even show fights anymore? Of course, what fights can they show? Um, but our local channel here was actually really good at showing the tilts, especially, um, you know, one of that magnitude of between like two of the big guys, especially Dave Brown being from Saskatoon as well, and a former Blade. Um, and I remember watching that on Global that night, and it was like, it, yeah, that was the heavyweight. It was like having the heavyweight watching the heavyweight title fight, and you're just like, holy shit, you know. And uh, of course, later on, I ended up getting the tape and you know having that fight on tape. But um, to see it on Global that night was just like, holy shit. 
Probert dropped him, and it was like, yeah, yeah, Probert's the man, like he's the champ, you know, because he beat Brown. And that was, and I can remember being at school and like talking about it the next day in high school, and you know, whatever, because you know we had fight fans, right? And it was just like, holy shit, did you see Brown and Probert? And that was the buzz, man. And it was, um, yeah, it was something. Um, the next one would probably be the the Link Gates fight. November 14th, 91, in the Cow Palace when Link was in San Jose because it, again, heard so much about the Link, missing Link growing up and all the crazy stories and the big prospect coming up and it was like, yeah, he's going to be the next one and everything. And, um, you know, I've always said with Link Gates, I mean, with the car accident, unfortunately, and, you know, that ended his career, but, uh, or his NHL career, um, you know, and then, you know, his, his off-ice issues are legendary at this point. Well, and, well, Probert's off-ice, like, are legendary as well, but I, not to the extent links were, I don't think, but, uh, but yeah, but just two guys meeting up, Probert, you know, probably in his prime, Link, 20, 23, 24 years old, just kind of finding his way in the NHL, but making a name. And they beat the shit out of each other. And it's like you watch that fight and they're both given and taken and Probert's fighting mad. Like you could, it's, he's serious and Link is serious and there's no, good luck bro and bum hug bum taps after like it's they're fighting for keeps and it's like it's vicious fight and uh a really good showing for link i wouldn't give anybody the win i think they both took and gave and um and i think it was a real statement fight for link that you know he had arrived Uh, unfortunately that summer he had the car accident and that was the end of it which is such a shame but because you know as fight fans Man, I link around the NHL for imagine Link Gates in his like entering his prime 26, 27, 28 in San Jose or wherever, and just what he would have done. Oh, yeah, the great what if. But, and like I said, Probert pretty much in the prime of his career because when was his rookie year 85, right? So, what would he have been about 21, 22? You know, so add six years. So he's about 27, 28 when that fight, you know, so right in his athletic prime. And yeah, what a fight. Tremendous. Um, the next one, it, it was interesting because uh, it was against Wade, Wade Belak. Uh, they had fought a couple times, but I believe this is round one. And it's January 6, 2000. You know, and Probert's, you know, getting along in the tooth, but uh, he only has a couple years left, but he's with Chicago. But, uh, the the thing that was interesting from my from watching this was of course I watched Wade Jr. play here with the Blades. I basically watched him grow up as a teenager. Um, actually, I think him and I were this, are, were the same age. Um, uh, I might have been a year older than Wade, but um, basically the same age. But watched him just develop from a teenager with the Saskatoon Blades into the NHL, and and you know I was obviously a massive Wade fan. And, uh, so to see him take on Probert for the first time, and oh shit, here we go. He did outstanding. Really good fight with, with Probert. Um, I, you know, whatever. I'd, I'd probably give Probert the win, but it was certainly a strong showing on Wade's part. He looked really good. And, uh, again, it was, um, it was just cool to see someone that I had watched develop. Because at the time, you know, he was kind of the kingpin of the Western League in his final year, give or, you know, him or Rocky, whatever, give or take. And, uh, but to see him develop in Colorado, you know, he took some lumps in Colorado, but, 
you know, developing and kind of finding himself in Calgary. He really came into his own in Toronto, but Calgary was finding himself. Had some really strong fights with LaRock and the Brashear and those guys, but I thought he did really this in this game. Actually, fought he had a really good fight with Vandenbush in the first period um, in this game, and uh, Wade just did had a real strong accounting of had a good showing for himself and uh, and uh, but it was just cool to see him kind of that was because you know at the end of the day, Probert was the measuring stick. He'll always you know regardless of what people might yell about on the message boards, he was a measuring stick and. Uh, yeah, so that was it was cool to see how Wade stacked up and did really well. And then uh finally, um kind of the bookend. It wasn't his final fight, but I've 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 said this a couple times. To me, Probert's last great fight was his fight with Bolton uh in the preseason, September twentieth, two thousand. A rookie Bolton. Again, Probert giving the young kid a shot. Um and and Bolton does great in the fight. It's probably what got him his job with Buffalo, to be completely honest. But um, it's a great fight back and forth. Again, it's Probert's kind of last hurrah. But um, he actually had a pretty fairly, he had a good, not a bad season that year. Had a really good fight with Patrick Cote at Edmonton. And, um, you know, but it was, the, you know, it was getting the end of the line. And But he, it was like the, for one, one more moment, he had the, it was, it was the, it was the late 80s all over again. And, uh, you know, he kind of starts slow, comes on strong, um, really, you know, switching up. And, um, it's, it's kind of, like I said, it's the one last, I, I think we, we see Probert's complete package of, of the tricks of the trade. And, and, uh, you know, and it, it was just a, it was just a, you know, it's just the old dog giving the new dog a shot, you know, the old, what the lion, right? The pride, you know, the young one take, wants to take a shot at the title and, uh, but Bob had one more win in him, right? And uh, and he did great in the fight. And like I said, the old man hung in there and and uh, you know gave the kid a shot. And and you know and uh, but Bolton did great. And uh, that was my first actually exposure to Eric Bolton. I was like, who's this guy? You know, and look how good he's doing. And uh, yeah, I was, I was a Bolton fan after that. So um, yeah, I was speaking of Buffalo. Him and Ray just never had. It's, I always wanted to see Ray fight Probert. And it never happened. And I, you know, it's one of those things, you know, hey, for fight fans, it sucked. It would have been cool to see. Although, oddly enough, and I, I think I talked to Chris about this, but I don't know what it, Ray insists that he fought Probert. And it's like, no one has ever seen this, but Ray himself has said it, I believe. Pretty sure Ray said it in an interview or something. It was like in a preseason game or something, he claims. And it's like, but no one ever can back this. I'm not saying Rob Ray's a liar, but it's like, there's no record of it anywhere. So I'm like, I don't know. Unless he was misquoted, I'm not quite sure. Anybody know? Anybody listening out there, do you know? Um, but anyway, I, I, as far as I know, they never fought. So I always wish they had. And uh, same thing with Twist. I mean, I know Twist and Probert fought like four or five times, but they never had the real great fight. There was always like either one of them fell down right away or it was kind of a few punches and they trip or I think Probert got his hand stepped on the one fight. They never had the great fight, which kind of sucked. But, uh, yeah, guys, there you go. There's my five, I, kind of my five favorite pro. Again, I mean that lit. I could have made the, the top fifty list of Probert fights, but that was just five that it kind of were memorable for me, and I thought I'd share those with you guys. But uh, anyway, that's my kind of my 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 Probert. I guess it's yeah. I guess it sort of is a, a it is a tribute show tonight uh, for for Bob Probert, and uh, yeah, like I said, um, passed away on this date, July fifth. 
2010. Uh, 45 years old and uh, left behind uh, Danny and four children. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, really sad. And like I said, 45 years old, way too young. And um, it's a shame. But um, yeah, there we go, guys. Um, yeah, I just thought I would uh, share that with you guys tonight. And, uh, you know, like I said, that uh, the best or or 1A or 1B, maybe, depending on who you're talking to. But uh, the best in my mind, anyway. Uh, anyway, guys, it's late. Um, I just thought I would share this with you uh, for today. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, please go back and check out my back catalog. Like I said, 223 episodes. Um, yeah, we do it. We do this twice a week, Wednesdays and Sundays. And, um, yeah, here in the dog days of summer. Speaking of Probert, as I, as I do for the last, uh, five, six years, um, the Bob Probert Invitational, it's my Twitter tournament that I do every year, or I've done for the last six years. Um, basically it's like the March Madness bracket, 64 of hockey's toughest guys, and, you know, Ruby, Twist, Simon, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, yeah, I write down, I just pick out 64 tough guys, uh, put them in a bracket. It's computer generated. Um, how I, I don't, choose them the computer chooses who fights who and uh and we and we vote on it on social media and uh it takes about 10 days to finish the whole tournament each day is a different round and um yeah so if you're not on twitter please sign up even i know it's twitter and believe me i know it's twitter but it just be the anonymous egg abc123 just sign up just so you can vote um i'm probably gonna do the tournament i think that is the nhl draft this week or next week i'm not I'm not going to check, but I think it's it's this week. I think um, I'm going to wait till the draft. At any rate, I'm going to wait till the NHL draft is over, so the tournament doesn't get wrapped up and lost in it all. Um, so it'll probably be the end of July, early August. Um, maybe I'll do it at as I'm saying it. Maybe I'll do it after Ice Wars. Ice Wars is August sixth. I'm going to be in Edmonton for Ice Wars. So um, yeah, I think when I get back, I'll probably do a review of Ice Wars and then. That next week, kind of mid-August, I think I will do the Probert tournament because I want to have uh, a couple of cats on. Uh, hopefully, Dante and Dan. Uh, I'm going to have them on, and we'll do a preview show for the tournament. We'll just talk about the matchups and that type of thing. I always enjoy doing that type of thing. So, I, I think that's what I'll do. Now that I'm, I'm I'm working this out out on the air, so maybe mid-August will be. It'll be happening at some point anyway. I will let you know on social media and on here. I will come up with a date. But yes, the Bob Probert tournament. Somebody did ask me the other day. Yes, it is coming back. I will do it again. And uh, it'll be on Twitter for sure. But I will let everybody know because it's always a fun time. And um, yeah. All right, guys. With that, um, well, uh, we're right at the hour mark. <laughs> See, what did I say? I'll get out of here soon, but I do an hour. I did do an hour. But uh, um, I'm going to end with, um, as I said, the sound bite from... Uh, episode uh, 12 with Dean Mayrad, and he talks about uh, his experience hanging out with Bob Probert on the set of The Love Guru, the Mike Myers movie. Him and Bob were ho- the hockey playing extras with, uh, I think they were, with the, they were on the LA Kings, I think, in the movie. And uh, he had a chance to hang out with Bob over the summer. And uh, yeah, it's just like I said, it's a little four or five minute clip. And, uh, and, and Dean shares that experience, which was really cool. So um, yeah, guys, I hope you enjoy it and, uh, thank you for tuning in. As I always say, um, I know there's a million podcasts out in the world and every ex player and their dog seems to be coming up with a, coming up with a show these days. And, uh, so, um, the fact that you chose to listen to my show, I greatly appreciate it. 
And I hope you enjoyed the episode and you come back and listen to more. And like I said, check out the back catalog. Um, going forward, like I said, I, I have irons in the fire for interviews. Um, it's just setting up times with guys and making sure my schedule works and their schedule works and, uh, and, uh, and that type of thing. But, uh, going forward, I have some really cool interviews hopefully coming up for you. And, uh, yeah, just keep checking back. Like I said, every Wednesday and Sunday and, uh, whatever platform you're listening to this show on guys, could you rate and review my show? It really helps me out, uh, in terms of, um, just, uh, you know, when people listen to like, say, Spit and Chiglets and afterwards, it'll be like, oh, similar shows than Fourth Line Voice. You know, that'll, um, that happens because of reviews and, and ratings. Um, so, uh, I need you guys, if you guys could do that, that would be outstanding. I'd appreciate that. And, uh, other than that, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. And here is, uh, we'll, we'll close it out with, uh, Dean Mayrad and his, uh, experiences hanging out with, uh, and getting to know Bob Probert. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on when, or we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Uh, I will talk to you guys on Sunday. All right, everybody. Thanks. And here's Dean Mayrad talking about his experiences with Bob Probert. Went to Toronto and went through three days of um, the casting calls, basically. And it was as simple as like novice drills where you skate out of the corner, stop at the blue line, do a couple crossovers or skate out of the corner with a puck and then shoot the puck. And they had cameras set up all over the ice. And I was the first one picked for the LA Kings in that uh, movie. And I think it was uh, maybe two weeks into the uh, the actual training camp where we run through all the choreographed drills. Uh, Jim Thompson said, hey, I'm going to do a Legends tournament with uh, Probert this weekend. I'll tell him you said hi. And I said, actually, I don't even know him. Like, I'm from Windsor, Ontario, Amherstburg, Ontario, and I never met him before. And he's been an idol of mine, you know, my whole life. I'd love to meet him. And he's like, well, I'll tell him you said hi anyways. And then lo and behold, he ended up coming back that Monday, back to training camp, and brought Bob Probo with him. Night. Well, so, well, there you go. How was Bob? Oh, uh, unbelievable. I mean, like, what a, what a way for me to end my career. It was such a... Uh, such an incredible experience. I mean, uh, Bob and I were the only two people on the, on the film from uh, Windsor, Ontario. So we drove back and forth together and just, it was just such a crazy, beautiful experience for me to, uh, you know, be sitting in the same vehicle with him for four hours at a time or, you know, sharing a hotel room together or just, you know, chatting about life or having breakfast together. I mean, to me, out of all the different things that I'd, uh, I'd accomplished, that was one of my favorite memories ever. And it will always go down in history as one of my favorite memories because, you know, we never necessarily talked about, you know, fighting to depths that I did with other, uh, minor league tough guys or in Quebec with the other guys on the team. We talked about life and uh, Bob is someone that when I got to know him, he was such an authentic person in, in so many different ways and being uh, honest to a fault. I mean, uh, you know, he had his own issues with, uh, with whatever, whatever everyone knows about but it wasn't because he had demons. It was just because he wanted to have a good time. He just wanted to have a good time, and he was just the way he was. 
And, you know, you look at a guy like Sarah Flurry or other uh, guys who've had issues with the narcotics and whatnot, they all had demons. They had, they had skeletons in the closet. Bob didn't. He was just so authentic and just wanted to have fun and just was relaxed. Like, he didn't care if it was mustard stain on his jeans and he was just so real all the time, which was such a beautiful thing for me to experience and, and, and meet and, and uh, be a part of his life. Yeah, well, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, that'd be just a fanboy. I'd, I'd just be fanboying out. I'd, he'd be so sick of me. I'd be. I would have talked his ear off asking him all the questions. But uh, in terms of like, uh, like, I mean, obviously, you guys would have talked hockey at some point. Throw out some. Did he tell you any stories or uh, you know that you could share? Like, I, I know there was a couple guys you said he wasn't real big fans of. I mean, uh, do you want to get into that, or we gonna? Yeah, he was. I, I don't mind. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't a huge fan of Brashear. He uh, he broke into it a little bit, but it was pretty much on the same uh, the same tones as what I had mentioned earlier. He just Brashear wasn't a guy that would would square off and go fair with people. He wanted to tie you up and and you know put your jersey over your head or get you into a situation. He would never just stand there and go open and trade power for power, which really at the end of the day, I mean, what a better way to test yourself as a tough individual than going up against the toughest opposition and just trading, just going punch for punch. Look at, look at Morassi Yablonski. Look at Morassi Bosse. Look at, you know, some of the, the, the biggest heavyweights out there, their best fights were the ones that they just went all out. And we can watch those over and over and over a hundred times. And we're like, that's a fucking man right there. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 